Hello, and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our January 20th edition of Monday Night Football. Um, we always start off our show with a prayer, and we have a special one today. My mother is on a machine right now, clinging to life, and she could use all of your prayers. So in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. To God, I pray for um, the healing of my mother, Tula DeRitter, and I pray that uh, that all the prayers that we have collectively here can, uh, can usher in your will, uh, help us be able to accept your will. If it's for her to be healed, I pray for her to be able to uh, uh, be strong and fight through this. And I pray for her caregivers and her loved ones to also do the same and that they be comforted by the Holy Spirit to come upon us, stay with us and guide us throughout this time. Thank you, God, for the show. And we offer all these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. And Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, everybody, uh, today we're going to focus on a preview of Divisions 2, 3, and 4 and the girls. Uh, but before we do that, I want to remind everybody that today is Dr. Martin Luther King's day. And a lot of y'all were off of school today, and, and I know a lot of you are playing around. And uh, that's really good. Let's celebrate during a day off from work. Uh, but I, I do think it's important that we understand that this day, we have this day off for a reason. Uh, and it's really for us to meditate uh, on the state of our country in, in relation to Dr. Martin Luther King's dream. I think we've come a long way since his death in 68, but uh, it should be obvious to everyone listening that we have a long way to go. Okay, His dream was that nobody would be judged by the color of their skin, the, the uh, religion that they um, adhere to, and what neighborhood they're from, the economics that they possess. All these things, and of course, that's that's the heavenly vision. But we have to work for that here on Earth. And believe me, especially on the soccer field, kids know when that's not going on. Okay, uh, and you would all be—I uh, don't know—you'd be stretching the truth if you said that. Oh, we're all get along like bread and butter on the soccer fields, especially racially and and economically and. Uh, uh, I don't know about religiously. I think religiously we're, we're we're doing okay with high school soccer and club soccer. But I, but I still have ex, uh, experienced since my teams are mostly of color. Um, I have experienced people uneasy that we're taking the field, not knowing if we're gonna be hurt this other team or uh, whether or not uh, uh, we're really good people. And and that's more pressure on my guys. And life's not fair. Life's never going to be fair. That's the boat that they're in. And they have to earn the respect of the people that are um, that are judging them harshly and, and, sh and show them through actions that their judgment is incorrect. So um, we have a long way to go. I'm fighting the fight. I need everybody to fight the fight because I think deep down inside, anybody who's playing soccer anyway um, does not mean to be a, a, a racially biased person because really we are an international sport, an international game. If anybody can do it, we can do it. So let's fight for that on the, on the fields. Uh, you can obviously tell that I'm in school and uh, with that bell, but uh, we're fighting for that here at De La Salle where I work at. Uh, we're very diverse here. And diverse doesn't mean uh, 
that you focus on the differences. Diverse means that you celebrate the differences. I don't want to become a, uh, a society where all of our culture is gone, okay? Can you imagine Louisiana without Mardi Gras and the Cajun, Cajun food? I was just visiting with my mom, and, like, the opportunities to get good boudin over there in New Iberia is far greater than here in New Orleans. And, and uh, uh, anyway, we have just so much to celebrate in our certain little regions, and that should be celebrated, not not looked down upon. If you're a city team, not say, okay, we're about to go bunch of play with a bunch of country boys, and vice versa, you know. Uh, you're about to go play a soccer team. You're about to play uh, people. And uh, where they're from, of course, mix up who they are. Uh, but, but, okay, uh, give them a chance to show you who they really are and that they deserve your respect and, uh, and attention. And if they don't, I'm a Christian, uh, give them that respect anyway. Okay, that's my preaching for the week. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk to Coach Daniel Underwood, who's having a magical season again at St. Thomas More um, on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Monday Night Football. We're excited to have on the uh, line with us Coach Daniel Underwood. Coach, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, sir. Appreciate it. Well, look, we're doing an uh, overview of Division Two right now as to who are the top teams to beat. And uh, obviously, you're one of them, and you're about to go play Bird, which is a pretty impressive uh, thing on your schedule. Uh, could you tell us about how your season has been going and uh, and what are the highlights? Uh, yes, sir. Well, um, I guess the season thus far has, has kind of gone better than I had planned. You know, we graduated a large class last year. Um, however, you know, we kind of just reloaded. I figured, um, you know, one of the biggest things as we progress through the season, we're just going to be gaining, you know, that game experience. And one of the ways we, we do that is we just we play a very competitive schedule. And when you play a schedule such as ours, um, you know, there's going to be highs and lows. And I've been really proud of our, our girls for being able to kind of learn on the job and, and still, we still keep keep getting results, you know. Um, we opened up, we're against St. Scholastica and Mount Carmel. We, we got a, a good result against those teams. Uh, over the Christmas break, we're able to play North Shore to a tie. Um, we're able to, to play, you know, Lake Shore. And then we kind of came out and had a, had a rough, rough start against St. Joe's. And, and we battled back into that game. It was a little, little too little too late, though. Um... And then, you know, you get into district play, we just, we just had a battle uh, Friday night against Sterling's Catholic. So, and then here we are again, you know, 48 hours later, uh, traveling up to Shreveport to play a, another competitive match against Bird High School. Season's doing well, and, you know, we're just looking to get a little bit better each and every day. Well, look, we talked to you earlier this year about the Turlings game. Uh, it pretty much lived up to everything you said it was going to, uh, <laughs> right? Always does. <coughs> yes, sir, yes. So with one being 1-1, one, one, uh, uh, it must have been an electric environment. It must have been a great crowd. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely um, it's close to a playoff-type atmosphere uh, that we've experienced this season, um, in which we expected it to be. And I think if you ask both sides, we kind of each did uh, what we wanted to do. And for us, I think it's just polishing up a couple little things here and there. And I'm sure if you spoke to them, it's, it's much of the same. But, um, yeah, it was a fun one. Unfortunately, we, we 
we kind of had a little lapse there in the closing minutes and and I felt like things were going our way, but that's how those rivalry matches go, and that's the joy of uh, of sports, you know. Yeah, buddy. Uh, one one mo- one moment can can turn a game on its head. So, well, look, who are the teams to watch out for other than you uh, in Division Two? Do you think? Oh, I definitely still think you know you got to look look over uh, towards the Manville area and, and Lakeshore High School. Um, they're they're tough, experienced, you know, well coached unit. Um, I would never count out Vanderbilt. You know, they're, they're you know they got state championship um, championship mentalities and, and attitudes. Uh, Sterling's Catholic um, obviously has been has been grinding away. So those those three, in my opinion, are still uh, when you get into the playoffs. You know, they're seasoned units, well coached, championship uh, culture, and then you know just based off of what I've, I've gathered. From other coaches and looking at results, Neville, um, you know, someone I wouldn't discount, and probably Cato Magnus. Uh, those are the kind of the, the programs, you know, that I as a coach that for our division are, are looking, you know, kind of keeping my eye on and looking ahead to make sure that, you know, we kind of know what they got before we head into, a, head into February. Who are the teams that are off the radar that might bite somebody in the first round? Hmm, that's a good question. Um, I would, I don't know. I'd be, we play, let me say, like, Cam Crow in our district uh, has vastly improved. I don't think it's going to surprise anybody based off their ranking and who will be matched up against. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe Benton. Uh, I know Benton's kind of been hovering around in the top 10. Yeah, eight. And it's hard. Yeah, it's kind of hard to tell based off of where they their their matchups might be. But yeah, it's hard to tell. I think our division, much like most of the others, you got your perennial powerhouses and you got your ones in there. And it's typically not a whole lot of surprises. Um, you know, people want to complain a lot about the power engine system. However, you know, in my experience, uh, for the most part, when the power rankings have been good at getting the top eight into, you know, the elite eight, and that's kind of where you start to see your upsets, you know, maybe in that final, that elite eight where you might have, like, the eight beaten, what, the, the four and stuff like that. But it's hard. I mean, just based since we've had power rankings, you haven't seen that many upsets um, in the first two rounds. Okay. Oh, man, oh I forget Ben Franklin. I mean, uh, Ben Franklin... Is someone that's in there uh, in our division this year that obviously I, I would never count out. So, uh, you know, they've been, been stringing together some wins uh, as of late, starting to put together, I'm sure, preparing themselves for, for a playoff push as well. So, Okay, and uh, I'm hearing also a little bit of rumbling about Terrebonne, um, Woodlawn, and Bell Chase, I had a chance to work with the Bell Chase girls uh, during the offseason in club, and and uh, they're having a good season too. But uh, but really, I do agree with you. The top eight are pretty much solidly set, and it would take it would take you know a blink of an eye from those top eight to to, to get upset, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're right. Terrebonne is someone. I, I just looking at the playoff predictions, uh, could be someone we might potentially be faced up against. So yeah, you know. I, Never can count out them, uh, them body of girls, you know. 
<laughs> no way. Bring their hard hat and their lunch pail and, and come work regardless of whoever they're playing against. You said it. Well, Coach, good luck today with Bird. Thanks for taking time out of your day to talk to us. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. All right. And everybody, that was uh, Coach Underwood. And uh, and now uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about Division Three, um, and, and and girls and see uh, what's going on with that. Uh, and coach, talk to Coach Mark Matlock on Monday Night Football. Your voice for youth soccer will be right after the break. All right, everybody, welcome back to Monday Night Football. We're on the uh, phone right now with Coach Mark Matlock. Uh, uh, Coach, welcome back to the show. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Okay, y'all having a great season. I'll let you talk about that first. Uh, uh, It it had to be hard to repeat, and it looks like it's not been hard at all for y'all. What's the key to to that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it was... You know, kind of a scary thing to lose 10 seniors. We graduated 10 seniors and six starters from last year. Um, But I think the key has been we've had some of our, you know, playmakers did come back, uh, especially up front. We've had a a lot of success with kind of sharing the the offensive workload. We've had some younger players uh, that didn't get too much time last year that have really stepped up. I mean, we have four girls that are sitting at right around 10 goals or more each. Uh, which is nice to, to be able to have more than one option when you're trying to figure things out uh, with, you know, over half your team being new starters this year. Uh, and that's something. And, uh, I mean, and the teams that you've beat are significant. And so uh, it looks to me, if I was in Division Three, which I am, uh, I I, I, um, <laughs> I got you on my radar big time. Who was your hardest opponent this year? Um, we played Dominican was a, a tough zero zero draw for us where we defended a lot of the game. So I was, I was proud of that result or kind of wasn't pretty, but we, we scrapped, scrapped through that game and defended a lot and had a good couple chances on the counterattack. STM was a good game. Um, we didn't particularly play well, but obviously they're always a, a powerhouse. And, uh, so that's our, our one loss on the season was to STM, which, uh, for some reason seems to be the, the monkey on my back. I, I've never beaten them. Oh. Uh, since I've been at Loyola, so which not many people do, but uh, they were a good good team. St. Joe's we had early in the year, um, also very good team. Ben Franklin, so you know we we try to always mix in some of those those heavy hitters. And I think if I was looking at the schedule right by the end of the season, we will have played eleven of the top fifteen in Division One, and I think five of the top seven or eight in Division Two. So um, you know that we're hoping just like last year that that pays off come playoff time. No, well, yeah, I don't think you have to hope. I, I really do believe that the better the opponents you play, the better you get. Even though this power ranking circus seems to tell us the other, the other you know, the other. But in gear case, it wound up making you number one in the power ranking. So it kind of worked for you there. Anyway, yeah, I think, uh, you know, the power ranking, I, I, there's been some talking on the message board about the power ranking. And I, I do feel like as a coach, that's important. Um, last year we had Newman in the, in the quarterfinals and that was at home and it was a very close two one game. And, you know, our goal every year is to always be the one or the two so that we're hoping that we can host if we're lucky enough to get to the semifinal and, you know, hopefully quarterfinals are at home and, um, it's, it's tough for people to go on the road and win, 
you know, when you got a five hour round trip travel as we've had like in the state championship game, it's pretty much every year. So. Right. Well, it's going to be a little different now. Well, it'll be like what? Four and a half <laughs> to go to Hammond this year. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, yeah. who are your top players so far this year? Um, this year we've got, uh, Chloe Dean is a senior central defender. She's the only defender in the group of four. Uh, my other three graduated that had played all four years together pretty much every minute. So, um, she's leading pretty much a new defense and has been a, a real solid player at central defender for me. Um, my daughter is a senior this year. Callie Matlock plays in the midfield for us. She's leading us. Um, I think she's got 27 goals and 13 assists on the season so far. And, um, she'll be playing at Louisiana tech next year. Um, so it's been great to kind of experience these last couple of years with her playing. Um, and then we've got two twins, Faith and Hope Davis, uh, that are juniors. Uh, one that plays up front, central forward, and one that plays in the midfield and sometimes in the defense. Um, they've been really strong performers, consistent um, scoring goals, and, and helping us kind of sure up the defense as well. So um, it's really been a lot of, you know, win by committee, which is important. Um, and I think that, you know, there's teams that there's no secrets or surprises for us anymore. Teams are coming in knowing after last year that they want to, they want a piece of us and, you know, who they're trying to shut down. So having other players step up is, has been really good to see. Okay. Uh, now, this is also this show. We're dedicating it to preview, like, what's going on in Division uh, Three with the girls. I figured you were the best person to talk to. Who do you think are the teams we need to look out for? Um, obviously, University, I would, I would put at the top of the list. Um, if you look at their record, it's, it's not the best record, but when you look at their losses, you can kind of understand why. I think they have losses to North Shore, uh, Mount Carmel, Dominican, you know, all the top teams in Division One, and they were all close games. So um, they're naturally always there in the end, so I, I think they're going to be there. Um, Archbishop Tannen is having a really good season this year and looks strong. Uh, I think them and University, they played a one-goal game between them. Uh, and then I would say St. Louis. Uh, who we're about to play here in, a, in an hour. And Alexandria has had a good year. Uh, and then Parkview Baptist is one of only two undefeated teams still this season. So I think they're 13-0 and one or two. So um, even they've kind of had a nice, quiet season there at moving up the power rankings. So um, Edie White is another one that I think that, again, they've played a lot of top teams. Uh, so the record might not show um, how good they are. And I don't know that I'd want to see them too early in the playoffs. I think they're sitting at 11 now. So um, honestly, I think there are six or seven teams that have a good shot of um, beating anyone on any given day and making the final. So um, I think once you get past round one, every game is going to be tough. And, you know, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's some new teams for us moving divisions from Division Four last year. Um, we haven't played university since I've been at Loyola, so we're excited to, to see how things go. Um. Who's off the radar that might creep in besides Parkview Baptist uh, that might uh, bite somebody in the first round? You know, there's a couple teams. Um, we played Sterlington the other night and actually had a draw with them, which was a surprising result for us. Um, but they're a team that, you know, is, is a physical team that works hard and you have to earn everything with them. And so I, I would definitely put them in that category. Uh, North DeSoto gave us a tough game, same thing, kind of a physical scrappy team that, you know, if you don't take your chances, they, they can they can punish you. I would definitely put those two in there. Um, 
as some outsiders maybe that have a chance to to upset someone in the first round. Gotcha. Well, Coach, you have the mic. Before you go coach that St. Louis game, you have anything to tell the state while you got we got the uh, microphone on your face? Um, just, you know, ready for the playoffs. We're, we're working hard like always, and, uh, you know, we're, we're excited to have a chance to make a run back to the state championship. It's, it's tough to repeat, but um, we're going we're gonna to give it our best. So I'm hoping everyone's got to come through uh, Bedford Stadium at Loyola to get there. So <laughs> good luck to everyone in the playoffs. <laughs> uh, thank you, and God bless you. Take care. Thank you. All right. All right, everybody, I appreciated him uh, giving us that phone call. That's Coach, uh, again, uh, Coach Metlock uh, from um, Loyola Prep. And what a great accomplishment that would be to win state in Division Four in one year and then win state in the higher, next highest division the next year and do it with his daughter. Uh, having his daughter on the field, I, I uh, uh, can't imagine how happy that makes him feel to be able to have that opportunity. And it's a great opportunity for a person uh, who's also a good coach. And, uh, and then I'm kind of excited for him, too, that his daughter's going to be playing at Louisiana Tech. He'll be right there. Uh, he'll be able to watch her continually develop uh, through the college ranks. Okay, everybody, so that's it for now. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Division Four on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We'll see you after the break. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Monday Night Football. Uh, we're pleased to have with us uh, Coach Martin Bouquet. Is that pronounced right, Coach? Yes, sir. All right. And he's, he's done a wonderful job at Homer Christian, and we're going to have him preview the Division Four girls for us. Uh, welcome to the show, Coach. How you doing? Thanks for having me. No problem. Okay, so tell us about the success y'all are having first um, um, at Oma Christian. Well, I think what's happened, Coach, is we, um, you know, this is our sixth year of the program. This program sort of rolled over from a combination of a boys-girls team. And when I knew my daughters who played soccer were going to be going to Oma Christian, I knew, saw very quickly that we needed to develop a girls' side of a program because it was so rough. Um, and, uh, so that's what we did. So these kids that are, uh, seniors this year, which I have four seniors, um, they were, they were the beginning crop of the program when they were in the seventh grade. And, um, I knew that I had a special bunch of kids coming up as seventh and eighth graders. I saw their talent and, uh, realized really quick that we would potentially could be contending for. Uh, a deep run into the playoffs or a state championship with this seventh grade bunch. And so we developed a mindset with that bunch that in six years from now, we'd be contending for a, a great run into the playoffs. And, and we're seeing it unfold exactly that way. This is a great group of kids. They work very hard. Uh, they love to be coached. They love to be pushed. And uh, just, just a great, great team all the way around. It's, it's just been remarkable watching y'all. And, uh, and uh, just basically, y'all came out of nowhere, and uh, and so uh, just just think that these girls are playing on a co-ed team that not that long ago, and now you're one of the top seeds in D four. Uh, uh, how are they just? I mean, uh, they can see the the uh, specialness of that, right? Absolutely, they see the specialness of it. We the team dynamics that we have created, the environment uh, that we've created on this team. Is quite special. We we don't have any drama. We don't have any bickering. We don't have any one-upsmen. Um, we, we really we play for Christ. I mean that is that that is our goal. That's our motto. That's what we. Pray. 
pray for before games. We give thanks to the Lord after games. Um, it, it, whether it's win or lose, whether we play great or we play bad, uh, we're there playing, playing, you know, before an audience of one, which is Jesus. And, and that, that's our mission. You know, it's to develop these kids, their character, uh, to develop their fortitude, to teach these kids how, how they need to respond and react under adversity um, after they get off the athletic field. And uh, through building that character with these kids, we're, we're, we built a great environment for these kids to be to be working in. Now, I'm not saying that we, we haven't had our fair share of, of issues and drama and whatnot in the past. And, you know, you, you work through it, but it's a part of life and it's a part of winning and losing. And so these kids get, be, are able to witness the trials and tribulations and grow through that with us as a team. Well, Coach, you, you, um, we had never hidden that uh, we also serve Christ here on the show. Try not to be, uh, you know, try not to be exclusive, you know, and try to include everybody. But I'm curious, since you are a Christian, what do you think about the mercy rule uh, feast uh, that's that's going on around the state right now? People who ate zeroing people. Yeah, you know, I, I feel I see a lot I see a lot of communication, you know, on LA preps, and you know, I think there was actually a blog that was posted here recently about that uh, mercy ruling and, and whatnot. Um, it, here's what we try to do, and, and we, we realize that there's a lot of great teams. You know, and when we first started our first year, I remember our first year, we got mercy ruled by uh, uh, Sacred Heart in New Orleans uh, in the first half, and it was our first year. I think I might have had two soccer players on the team, and the rest were athletes, and they just killed us. Right. And, um, you know, I, I keep that in perspective, and I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, and I'm certainly not going to blame anybody for doing it or not doing it, but what we try to do on our team is our goal is to, to not just run a score up, but we, we want to get everybody on our pitch on the field. And so what we'll do, if it's a weaker team, we will um, we'll get three or four goals on them so that we can have a comfortable margin. And then we will immediately pull our starters, either put them on the back line, put them on the bench. Uh, I hate to penalize kids for being great. So that's a, that's a tough battle that you also fight with is, you know, if you have a, a, a goal scorer that, and we do, we have, in my opinion, one of the top goal scorers in all divisions on our team. And um, she's, she's got well over 40 goals on the season already. And, and it's hard to penalize her for taking her off because it's a weaker team. So we'll move her around. We'll put restrictions on her. But we try to get everybody on, on the field. I, I really I think the mercy rule is tough because even with putting the bench on the field, some teams that we play, Coach, we, we still score on them. And, and it's just unfortunate, but I, I don't really know how to answer that question, to be honest with you. Okay. And that's why I'm asking it because it's just it, – it's it's uh... – it's a problem that we haven't solved yet in, in Louisiana soccer. Well, who's this player? What's her name? Corinne Barrett. Okay. And so she's over she, 40 goals. Is she a senior? T um, she, is, she is a senior this year. She has scored over 40 goals the last three years of her play. Wow. Is she being recruited? Uh, she's been looked at by a few universities. I think she may or may not be committed at this point to a D1 school, but Certainly, I, I would think maybe she has her options open, but she is a phenomenal player, Coach. I mean, I, I've been coaching for 25 years. Uh, I started coaching right after college, and and this kid is a special kid, man. She can play any position on the field. She accelerates. It, it just it, she she is 
a special kid at every position. Doesn't matter where you put her. She has vision on the field. She has technical skills, tactical skills, understands the vision of the game. Um, the kid really should be playing at a top D1 school. Understood. Okay, so uh, in Division Four, who do you think are the teams that, that are going to be the ones that are favorite to go to the end? of the sleepers, like uh, teams that can sneak up on people in the first round that is on nobody's radar? I think Sacred Heart is going to surprise some people. I think Sacred Heart is hovering uh, in the teens right now, uh, but I know the coaching there. I know the history of Sacred Heart, and I think Sacred Heart can put some wins together. Uh, I think they had a tough schedule coming out of the gate this year, but uh, they, they're, they, they are a solid squad. We played them at the beginning of this year. They played strong. We beat them two to one. Uh, it was early in both of our seasons, but I really believe Sacred Heart is a sleeper. I believe Pope is a sleeper. I think um, I think North Lake Christian is going to surprise some folks in the uh, first second round. There could be two or three coaches that are going to surprise some people. Okay. Well, look, you have the mic. Uh, any last words you'd like to tell the state uh, while while you have the stage? No, I, I just I, I'm thankful for what you're putting together here, Coach. I think it's uh, it's a great forum for people to speak out on uh, and to talk about the upcoming talent in the schools. And uh, I look forward to it every Monday. Uh, I look forward to with the guys, the time, the dedication that people put together on LA Preps. Uh, all of these services I know require time, and, and uh, just thankful for it. And uh, thank God that we have a great. Um, uh, soccer in Louisiana from a high school level. I think the competitive is fantastic. I'm, I'm watching the results in D1, 2, and 3. And uh, we, I'm going to tell you, man, we've got some competitive plays, some great coaching. Lots of folks still uh, just pour their hearts out into these programs, and, and most of us are not being paid for it. You know, we're non-falcony, and I, I, I'm just thankful that Louisiana delivers the way we do. Well, Coach, uh, you got a fan over here. I mean, we're really impressed with what you've done. And uh, and I and I hope that you know you end the season with no regrets. You got it. Thanks, Coach, for your time. I appreciate you having me on. Okay, no God problem. God bless you. God bless you too. Take care. Take bye care. Bye bye. All right, what an impressive uh, interview that was. Okay, uh, 
Homer Chris is going to be definitely worth looking at. And it's good to hear a guy with uh, with those kind of values and priorities and and how they built it from the bottom up, but built it from the bottom up fast. Okay, I wish I could do work as fast as he did. Uh, as right now, I'm, I'm trying to build the Dulles South Girls program in year one, and I'm on year seven with the boys. And and uh, uh, it's hard work, y'all, building from the bottom up. Uh, I, I don't know how to explain how hard it is. It's just hard. But anyway, that's going to do it for Monday Night Football tonight. Please remember to pray for my mother. I, I'd appreciate that. And um, and please remember to play fair and uh, and appreciate the game. Appreciate all the competitiveness that we're going to have in the next week or so. And be positive, okay? Uh, leave it all on the field. And then let's just enjoy a run in the playoffs. Uh, if you want to get in touch with me, you can get in touch with me at, at MNFUTBOL. That's on Facebook and on Twitter. And uh, give me a second or two or a day or two to get back to you because I'm going to be pretty busy for the next few weeks, not just with soccer, but with my mother. But anyway, uh, thank you for everything. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your support. God bless you and your families. Carpe diem in Christ. I'll see you next week on Monday Night Football. God willing, that is. Monday Night Football. Take care. This is Coach Alan Dorito saying goodnight.